0: You're listening to The B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. Now, it's a sad fact that when the economy gets bumpy, marketing is usually one of the first places companies look to slash budgets and reduce headcount. And of course, they still expect the same results. And so marketing leaders are faced with a pretty big challenge of maximizing efficiency and productivity with smaller budgets and fewer people on the team. So with me today to talk about how she handles this very situation is Marissa Insidi. Marissa is Associate Director of Content at Feedvisor, which is an AI optimization and intelligence platform for large sellers and brands on Amazon. Marissa, it is great to have you on the show.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, so tell us the story. Let's just start at the beginning of you know, how you find yourself kind of today in this situation that so many marketers are facing with little budget, a little bit less, not, not as much headcount, and yet you still need to
1: you know, do your job yep.
0: and, and, and still perform at the same level. So take us back to kind of the beginning of, you know, how did this all go down?
1: Sure. So... The beginning of 2023 was a very uncertain time for tech companies and the tech industry in general. As I'm sure everyone is aware, there's a ton of external factors that go into this uncertainty, mainly shifts in consumer behavior. There is inflation, people changing their minds on what they want to purchase, holding on to their money, fluctuations in the global economy in general, Ukraine war, what's happening with the politics and different policies. And believe it or not, Disruptions in supply chain is still a thing. It's not so much in terms of not getting everything, but having too much of inventory now. So all of these and probably more factors just really infected the tech industry. And when you see larger tech companies like Amazon, Google, Meta start announcing layoffs, you start to realize, you know, something's happening here. This is big. And when bigger companies like that do layoffs smaller companies follow in startups? So growth at all costs was the mindset for the better part of two, the last two years. Now we're seeing this big shift to profitability, and the quickest way for companies to be profitable is to cut headcount. Unfortunately, so my company was not immune to those layoffs, and we lost some pretty key players. But we're operating as a lean team, and we're still tasked to do more with less, as most people are. And you know we're getting the hang of it. A quarter end, we're we're doing pretty good. good.
0: Okay. So how how many people did you lose from your team? So
1: from my team, we lost about four people. It gradually happened. We had a couple of people that were, that wanted to leave anyway. So that was their choice, but we lost some big agencies that we were working with currently and some of our freelancers. So we went from about nine people to four.
0: Okay. So that's a pretty big cut. Yeah. And- as as the leader of the team, when you get that news, what's your first reaction?
1: Well, I'm actually not the leader of the team. Technically, we're all equal right now. Our leader actually got oh, let okay. go, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> okay. Yes,
1: so that's been a big switch in general. We've all tried to fill the shoes and own really our roles and come into that. And really what we've been doing is just prioritizing our tasks. We really focus on what's needed for the week. We have meetings where we're discussing, you know, what needs to be done? How can we all be on the same page? And that's helped us tremendously by allowing us to see where we're spreading ourselves thin and where we can actually focus more of our efforts. We also are excessive communicators. We are on Slack, we're emailing, we're messaging, we're on Zoom. We are super efficient before the layoffs too. So we all respect one another and we all lean on each other to help ourselves succeed, whether that's by picking up the slack in different tasks or by learning a new skill, I will say what's really helped us is clear communication and setting boundaries on who's handling what, because it takes more time for multiple people doing the same thing than having one person focusing on one task. So we've really had to Mm -hmm. push that forward. We've also had to create processes and workflows that are more efficient for us. Since we are so lean, we've really had to streamline our tasks and efforts to remove any blockers. And finally, setting those realistic goals, we really had to push and forecast what could be realistic for this quarter, and for the next couple quarters, actually. So we took a look at our top performers, the content campaign performers. We tried to see what we could update, refresh, and take a new angle with. And we really honed in on our target audiences. These this helps us create more personalized content and. You know, when resources are limited, it's really crucial to focus on those valuable customers, understanding what they need, their what we can offer them, and tailor it to their needs. So it's helped us look at the different channels effectively, messaging, positioning, and just optimizing our campaigns.
0: Okay. So a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Let's let's dig into <laughs> some of this stuff. So so first you said they you actually let go of the the leader of the team. So is there so there's no like there's no one person who's kind of in charge at the moment? Correct.
1: We're all in yep. charge of oh, our specific channels and we we all operate very well together.
0: So everyone's sort of the leader. Yeah. Of of the we're team or everyone's leading themselves. Okay. <laughs> okay. So so that's interesting, right? It kind of makes you <laughs> kind of makes you wonder like do you need a leader? You know, do you yep. need someone who's on across everything?
1: I would say the biggest challenge for us right now is all being on the same page because we all have ideas. We all want to do everything. So we really have to work together to make sure that we are focusing on the needs and the goals of the company and putting that forward and how we're going to all work and move that forward.
0: Mm -hmm. And so... In terms of making decisions about what to work on, what to prioritize, it's a a democracy? You you all kind of get together and talk about it and decide together? Well,
1: in terms of seasonality, there's some pieces that you have to do during certain times and for Mm -hmm. campaigns. But if we want to try something new, yes, we do bring it to each other to make sure that it's in line and it's something that we can actually do.
0: Okay. So, you know, this sounds like a situation that if things go sideways, you know, if you don't have the right people in place, this could really be a problem, right? Like you don't have the leader who's kind of, you know, telling everyone, here's what we're doing. You just have fewer people, fewer people, people overall, you know, you could see how that could all really fall apart, but you guys have figured out a way so that it's not falling apart. And another thing you described is, we're having really good communication through all these different channels. Can you give us a specific example of that, like what that looks like and and how it makes a difference?
1: Yes. So we bug each other a lot. So when we're working on projects, we use multiple different tools. We've got Slack. We've got Asana. We have email. I mean, we have every way that we could message each other, we use it. And we tag each other in Asana. I am not sure if you guys are familiar with that, but any way to notify somebody of where we are in the stage of the project, we make sure that we do so.
0: And I assume that also extends to asking for help or asking questions and getting feedback and all that.
1: Yes. We also have meetings, obviously that are set up. We talk with other departments to find out their needs and how we can all work together there. It's a big collaborative effort, but we definitely streamline and try to focus on what we can do as a department to move things forward.
0: Okay. So, now you also mentioned, you know, having processes in place that allow you to keep, keep up with the demand, even with fewer people. So are these the same processes that you were using all along or have you had to alter those processes or even create new ones to make this all work with fewer people?
1: I would say some of them we've been using all along, but most of them we've had to fine tune and expand upon. So our weekly focus, it used to be just a Word doc that we would all put, you know, what we're focusing on. Now it's an Excel where we're putting all of our steps in the process and the project saying if this is something that was new that was handed to us, where it is in the process, if it's in progress, if we've had to pause it, and when it's completed. And then our meetings, really, we have one meeting in the beginning of the week that we focus on what we have to do for this week. What can we do for these projects to move them along to meet our deadlines?
0: And- Say a little bit more about some, maybe some other examples of how you had to tweak some of these processes.
1: Sure. We've also looked into briefs, what we've been creating to make the projects a little bit easier. We have two types of briefs, creative briefs and content briefs. So the creative is more of our campaign brief where everything that we need for a project or campaign goes into it. All the assets that we're looking to do, the messaging, positioning, the theme, where it works with our larger framework. And then the content brief is more of putting together what are the needs for this piece of content. It helps with design, with graphs, giving our design person more of an idea of what we're looking for so they don't spend hours searching or trying to put something together.
0: Okay. So that sounds like just being like more efficient in your communications and in the planning. Yes.
1: But it's now a part of our project process.
0: <laughs> okay. Right. Build it, building it into the project process. Okay. I mean, that sounds like something that you might want to do even when you have full head count.
1: Yes. However, our team is so close that we were able to just do it automatically. And now it's just more of a way for us to show leadership what we're doing on a daily basis and how much we're handling.
0: Ah, okay. It's, right. yeah. okay. The other
1: side of being lean and doing more with less is showing how much more you're doing, which a lot of people don't take the steps to do. It's taken for granted for a marketing team, how much you can produce. And we're trying to show exactly how much we're producing and how it's really affecting the department and team.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Why are you doing that? Why is that important?
1: Well, when you have layoffs, you always <laughs> want to prove your worth. But we also want to prove that whenever there's a budget cut or there's cut in headcount, changes have to be made. So when you don't meet your goals or you meet your goals, you have to find a way to show why or how something happens. And by us showing that we've been able to produce all of this and we didn't move the needle, it means there was a problem with the campaign or the messaging and we have to go back to screw one. Or we were able to meet our goal and we could have gone above it if we had more funds or if we had more headcount. Mm. So it's kind of our way of trying to push for more or show why something isn't working.
0: Okay. So it's sort of covering your bases a little bit. A little bit. (laughs) Right. And which I totally understandable. I mean, in an environment where people are being laid off, yes. I'm sure everyone's conscious of that. And it sounds just like a good idea to be able to demonstrate on a regular basis, like, here's our value. Here's what we're doing just to let everyone know. And, you know, and especially like, here's what we're doing even with fewer people in smaller budgets.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And was, so is this something new that you're doing or were you doing this before as well? Well,
1: this is what our manager was doing before for us. So we would just compile all the data okay. and put everything together in a PowerPoint for them as she would present. But now it's really us taking ownership and making sure that we are speaking for ourselves too. And also making sure that it's meeting the right people because, you know, you put documents together, you don't know if they're going to the right people or where they're going, if they're being used or looked at. So now we can control the narrative a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Are there things that you find that you're just not able to do that that you used to be able to do, but now you just can't do it? Yes.
1: We used to do a ton of webinars, unfortunately, with subject matter experts being cut as well. And just our team, we don't have the bandwidth to really push as many webinars as we wanted to. Events, in-person events especially, they were a big part of our budget. Once the budget got cut, we needed to really assess what events were helping us and what we could get rid of to try to save that budget and put it into channels that would really move the needle for us.
0: Yeah. And so along with that, I imagine that a big part of this is kind of managing expectations. Yes. You know, not like for yourselves and for, and for, you know, the powers that be. Yes. So how does, how does that go?
1: Well, our team has a great relationship with leadership. We've been able to prove that we can do what needs to be done and caution when We don't think something will work out, but not to brag, but we've been able to really show that we can, when we say we're going to do something, we do it. So it's really a testament to how much that we can accomplish and what we've been moving forward. I'd say when it comes to product launches, though, sometimes it can be a little uh, difficult because we set campaigns quarterly. And when you have a schedule, we try to stick to it as a team. And then when something gets thrown out of whack or you are told, hey, let's refocus here, it can disrupt the flow. And then you have to go back and say, well, I need more time. Or when you give me this task, we need to push this back and pause. How does that work with mm. our overall plan?
0: Yeah. So and and this has been going on for how long now exactly?
1: This has been a quarter. So three months into now.
0: Okay. So okay. So three months. So having dealt with this for a quarter, do you find yourself looking ahead to the day like, I just can't wait until we get our full team back and all that? Or are you finding like, well, actually, there are some advantages to having a smaller team?
1: I say both. There are pluses and minuses here. I would love to have more headcount for some of the specific areas, especially for content. I think we could definitely produce more and in less time. And just have more channel reach and brand reach. But I think the way we run things right now is super efficient. So it's not that bad to not have a leader. We miss them, but, you know, we've gotten good at speaking for ourselves and advocating for ourselves.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty common, not just in B2B marketing, but in, in a lot of things that times of like great stress and turmoil can often spur innovation.
1: Yes, I would definitely agree with that.
0: Yeah, just because like invention and in, in, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention,
1: <laughs> yes. right? Uh, Schoolhouse Rock, I miss that.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. I was thinking of Frank Zappa, the mothers of invention too, oh, like sorry. his band, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up with anyway. Rock, so.
0: <laughs> right, but, but anyway, like, as much as i'm sure in some ways you know it sucks to go well obviously it sucks to have layoffs right and like lose people from your team but it really does force you to think in different ways and maybe come up with new solutions maybe even better solutions that when things get better and you do add headcount it's even better because now the team is stronger and you have better processes in place
1: yes i would say it's definitely not for the faint of heart you really have to have a strong foundation Mm -hmm. with your department if you want to succeed and move forward, structure is something that while you can't always have an uncertain environments, it's something you need to fall back on. So if your structure and foundation aren't there, you're not going to be able to move forward.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's That sounds like sort of good takeaway advice, which that that's always my last question. You know, what's your main takeaway for our listeners? Would that be it? Or do you have, is, is there any other kind of main actionable takeaway you can offer?
1: There are a couple. I would say continuously assess and optimize. If something isn't working, why waste time on it? Give enough time to see the actual results, but you really need to set that limit for yourselves. Otherwise, you're going to be spinning your wheels. You don't want to keep being a content mill or creation mill when your focus could be placed somewhere else and be more of an impact for the company.
0: Okay. Wonderful advice. Well, Thank you so much for a great discussion. It's you know, sounds like you guys are definitely making more than making the best of it that you're, you know, doing everything you can and kind of thriving in, in a difficult situation. So really cool to hear that. And Marissa, just thanks for sharing the story.
1: Sure. Thanks, Jeremy. And while we are thriving, I would say there's so many opportunities in marketing and content right now. It's just one of those things where if you really want to do something, just go for it. And also, if anyone wants to just talk about how to optimize, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always available.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I, I actually, have, thanks for reminding me. I forgot <laughs> to ask, you know, how can people contact you? So, <coughs> excuse me. So, yeah, reach out on LinkedIn. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. So, again, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate sure.
1: it. Sure. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate it, too.
0: That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's c-o-n-n-versa.com.